You're listening to Courtside Club, presented by Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, this is when your your legs are somebody crosses you over and you French fall. French ankles. Yes. <laughs> and this okay, time's up. <laughs> that was so good. You're really good at this game. What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Demita, and welcome to the Courtside Club. Today, I am super excited to have the queen of sports photography with me here today, Miss Cassie Athena. Thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Welcome to the Courtside Club. Glad to be here. Everybody on Instagram, any sports fan is familiar with your photos or has seen one at some point. Their favorite NBA player, a celebrity football player has all reposted your work and they get that outside view of who you are. But today I want to dive in and give people the courtside view. Cool. Well, I'm glad to to show it. um, I'm so excited that you're here today. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while probably because of COVID because we would normally run into each other at all of these different events and whatnot. When did you start your photography journey? Um, I mean, I would say when I was younger, my dad always used to have a camera and take pictures of me and my brother as just like a capturing moments sort of thing. And so I always associated taking photos with capturing moments. And then as I got a little older, I started playing basketball in college. I played at Glendale College out here. And I always just had like a little point and shoot camera and I'd take pictures of my teammates or the guys team. And I just love people's emotional reactions to capturing these moments. And so it just kind of drove me to keep learning more and doing it more. But I actually went to school for animation and visual effects. So nothing to do with photography. It was just always a hobby. But kind of, right? Like that's still kind of in In that art world. world. Yeah, 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 yeah. but I feel like I've never been like formally trained as a photographer. So a lot of the technical stuff, I was just searching, you know, tutorials or whatever. And then I graduated college in 2011. Um, There was an MBA lockout. And that's when somebody had told me, hey, there's a league down here in L.A. called the Drew League. You should pull up. There's NBA players. And I showed up, and there was absolutely, like, no photo cameras there. There was, like, two guys filming. Yeah, it was, like, Ball is Life, Mars Reel, who mixtape, and then me with my camera. And so I was taking photos, capturing moments. And that's when I started meeting players, and they started saying, hey, come to the, you know, this private run. Come to this birthday party. And it kind of just continued to go from there. Um, after that lockout summer had ended, it ended around December, nobody wanted to hire me because I wasn't a real photographer according to the, you know, newspapers or media outlets. Yeah. So I just would wait till the summer and I would just capture players' shoes, outfits, personal lives. So I kind of became like this lifestyle photographer, not necessarily what I was going after, but it just happened that way. Yeah. Anybody who isn't familiar with the Drew League, it's... I guess what would you call it? It's like a pro-am league in yeah. the summer in mm-hmm. LA. But some of the best hoopers in the world have played, like Kobe Bryant's played there. Has LeBron ever gone through the team? Yeah, yeah, LeBron went that summer. So LeBron, Kevin Durant, like the, the list goes on and on. And now if you go there, like there's a million cameras, a million yeah. people. Like <laughs> It's oversaturated. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So for you to get your start there... What else were you doing at the time? Because photography, was that your like your full time? No. I was interning at a visual effects studio. Okay. Um, at the same time that I was trying to do photos of whatever I could shoot. And so I had interned probably six months at a studio here in Culver City. Um, and then at the end of the summer, I ended up getting hired. 
And so I had to like kind of put my photography, I didn't know how to like mix it in as a full-time job. So yeah. I would work all day at this studio. And after I would get off of work, I'd go shoot a run or a game or workout, whatever I could shoot. And then um, I ended up working at that visual effects studio for a year and a half. And then I finally, like, they kind of pushed me and were like, you need to go be a photographer. Like, yeah. this isn't working. So um, I ended up becoming a photographer, like, full-time, probably around, like, 2013, like, the end of 2013. That's And really quick, taking though. it serious, yeah. So wait, the visual effects studio, like, what were you actually doing there? Because, like, you went to school for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to school to learn how to be a compositor, which is where you're doing stuff on the computer. So if it's like a green screen, you take like the green screen plate, the actual plate of the background and like the foreground and you put them all together and make it look oh. real. Um, but I just got sick of being on the computer. It's too much work. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up uh, transitioning to be a coordinator and a producer. So I was now in charge of making sure that the artists were doing their work on time and I was getting everything organized. So I kind of was, I ended up being a producer for that whole time instead of like an actual artist on the computer. Um, which I enjoyed it more because I enjoy talking to people and socializing. But yeah. it's definitely something most people don't know about me is that I was in that whole production world and I've worked on like really big TV shows and movies. And um, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of work for not a lot of money. And I didn't yeah. feel very fulfilled because I was so passionate about something else. So I ended up like the people at the company saw that I was like really passionate about basketball right. and they kind of gave me the push to go forward with it. I almost think that if you started say now because mm -hmm. I, I feel like it might have been different because now in this day of like social media and all these different things it's like kind of anybody can be a professional if you've done enough work on your own yeah. online exactly but to hear that you weren't taken seriously and then to see where you are now is just like kind of ironic to me <laughs> yeah because when I started it was like very new social media there was no Instagram yet it yeah. was like a little bit of Twitter and Facebook so most of the people that I was trying to work with they just looked at it like you haven't worked for a traditional media right. outlet or a company. Um, you didn't go to school for it, so you're not a real photographer. But nowadays, I mean, you could go buy a really nice camera. If you end up, like you said, shooting enough stuff on your own, you could build a portfolio and get hired to do jobs. So yeah. social media changed it for everybody. Um, and then now ch cameras are cheaper as well, too, so they're more affordable. So that's why you see so many photographers. But when I was trying to do it, I was in the middle of like this age of like these OG photographers that had like gone to school and probably shot on film and all yeah. that and now I'm over here on a digital camera trying to figure it out for <laughs> yeah. social media and it was just like a new thing so do you remember when that first break was for you when you felt like you were really getting some traction kind of in this field and people started recognizing you and yeah um I feel like in the beginning one of the brands that like really supported me was Dime Magazine. They would post okay, my photos yeah. a lot. And I was like, okay, like people yeah. want to see my work. Um, and then that kind of led to Under Armour working with me. And they brought me out to shoot my first high school tournament, the Elite 24. And the players in that game were like Devin Booker, Stanley Johnson, like Miles Turner, like a lot of guys who are now in the NBA doing bigger things. So um, I feel like when I flew out to New York and I got to be around them, even though high school players were not super popular like they are now, right. um, but they, I felt like my first, like, wow, I'm actually, like, on a plane and going to, like, work <laughs> because of my camera. So to me, I felt like that was the first kind of, like, to get the ball started. I didn't really start making money until years later, but yeah. I felt like those kind of events made me feel really grateful that my camera got me here. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I think that is something for a lot of people and maybe, like, those 
listening or watching don't really understand like it is a grind in this industry I don't care what you're doing and Mm -hmm. a lot of people you know see on social media people who kind of blow up as what you think is overnight yeah you know what I mean they have like one viral video or this and that but for the majority like 99.99% of us it takes that time and it really is like a grind to get where you want to be because I think even people with me they see oh her first job was like NBA 2K I was like even close. No, you were working what, years before yeah. that. Yeah. I was working years before that and I also was like working in a restaurant 40 hours a week wow. and like doing like modeling jobs because it doesn't start paying off until you really, you know, get some traction and it's like by that time people know who you are. People will know who you are before you start making money. That's yeah. I guess what I'm the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, definitely. I one of my uncles, he's an actor and he always says it takes years to become an overnight success. Yeah. And most so people true. but most people don't see the years that lead up to that one big moment, but right. it's all those years that like allow that moment to happen. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I feel like something that's special about you as well is you have kind of built this relationship with these professional athletes, high school athletes and to where they trust you being around with your camera and mm-hmm. kind of capturing them. Did that just happen organically? Yeah. Was that, yeah? Well, I feel like... scene, I guess? I feel like it just happened with, like I was saying, I was mainly shooting L.A. players, and I was getting to know, like, one or two players, and I feel like I built a good, solid relationship with those guys. And then after that, it kind of word of mouth, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, like, if Cassie's cool with this guy, then I trust her. And, it, and then people also saw, like, as I was taking photos... I wasn't releasing anything that was negative or trying to harm them. So I ended up, um, after that first summer, the game, I ended up meeting him. I'll bring you into my world. So I got to shoot music videos. I got to shoot clubs, studios, everything. And so being around him, I definitely learned a lot. And I think a lot of people saw how I portrayed him in like a really great light. And I think it'd be really easy to make somebody look bad, especially in that world. Right. and I never posted anything negative. It was just always positive stuff. So it kind of made other people like, okay, like, she's not here for any weird reasons. Like, she wants to show us in a good light. So that trickled into the basketball world. Yeah. And then over time, you just build relationships and your reputation, like, precedes itself. Yeah. But I think that's something special <laughs> in today's age, too, because a lot of media outlets are this not. Like, you know if you have some sort of photo that, like, has shock value or has some sort of like controversy behind it Mm -hmm. it's gonna get clicks yeah like so that's kind of an easy way to kind of get yourself on the map oh like cassie took this photo have you seen this photo and then that's something that you did but i don't think people maybe understand on the other side of that you're also like losing some relationships that could help you in the long run i think your morals get involved too oh yeah i don't like doing that with my content (laughs) either and even like a show like this i like to showcase what people like the exciting things people have going on in their lives yeah right because you could potentially ask somebody a controversial question but you might never have that relationship again so yeah and i and i do over the years have met a lot of paparazzi that have tried to convince me just you know send this or send that and like i don't want to like i just don't and at this point it's been over 10 years so i feel like if i was gonna do it i would have done it you know yeah but it's just that's not who I am. That's not why I got into this. And my I value my relationships more than trying to get one clickbait moment. Yeah. Do you think it's hard, in a sense, being a female with what you do? Because I, I think most of the people that you shoot or that I've seen are men. Obviously, mm-hmm. like, pro athletes in that sense. And I can relate in that way as well because this is just such a male-dominated space. 
is that tough for you? Or is that just something that you're just like, I don't care? Oh, no, it definitely is, like, a challenge. I feel like, especially in the beginning, to this day, I really don't see many female sports photographers, specifically. And I feel like, in the beginning, it was always questioned, people were always questioning, like, why I was around all these athletes. So, what were my real intentions? Yeah. Because no female would want to come take free pictures for nothing. Like, I was there trying to get shows or trying to... Yeah. Do something that wasn't, like... It just didn't make sense. Yeah. Um. And so... And I just noticed a lot of the guys that were trying to kind of start around the time I did didn't have any of those issues. Meanwhile, I'm constantly being questioned about my character. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I felt like I had to, like, overcompensate and really, like, get to know, like, the girlfriends, the moms, the families, the players. Like, it's not just a player. Yeah. I know their whole circle... Just to, like, assure them, like, hey, I really don't have any weird ulterior motives. Um, So that was, like, a real big challenge. And it it took a few years to kind of get established. And now now I'm at a point where, I mean, I don't care what, like, an outside people on the internet might say. Yeah. Because, like, the athletes I work with, the people I work with, they know who I am. And I just don't care about, I don't care about it now in the way that I used to. um, Because the people I work with respect me. But it's definitely... It's tough, and then the other thing that's tough is, like, I'm also six foot tall and blonde, so when I go to, like, NBA games and I try to sneak in a camera or events, yeah, I get like, spotted really easy. Yeah, like, I see so many guys that I know that are, like, shorter and they're, like, a little right. more discreet, and they they sneak in more camera equipment than I do, but if I'm trying to sneak in, it's like, oh, no, this, like, tall girl, right. like, she's not supposed to be here. Right, you stand so, out. Yeah, so... Wait, what's the secret of sneaking in a camera? I need to know this. Oh, yeah, that's... that's secret oh no, i mean <laughs> like you're allowed to bring cameras in you just have to figure out like what lenses lenses right. you can bring in and stuff but there's like certain areas where you're not supposed to sit at and maybe i end up sneaking somewhere um not just nba games like events right. in general i'm pretty good about sneaking around but i do get caught a lot easier even when i do have credentials i get you know harassed i've had a lot of security guards harass me because they feel like they could get away with bullying me. So I've had, like, some crazy stories that have happened over the years. But it's insane. Yeah, and it's, like, hard because if I talk about it publicly, it's, like, I'll get backlash for trying to go to events. So yeah. it's, like, maybe one day I'll be able to share more to, like, help other people realize, like, this is a tough thing for being a female in this industry. Yeah. Um, but I do feel so much love and support from all the male athletes and their families and there's yeah. a lot of people behind the scenes that have done a lot to help. So I, it balances it out for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that that's something that maybe you won't understand if you're not a female, right? And and I'm one of those people I think we're, we're probably similar in this. Like, I don't make any excuses for being a female because at the same time, and especially with what I do, I'll be the first to admit that, like, there are advantages to being a female in this industry. Because if I know my shit... I can stand out because I'm a female. I just yeah. have to make sure I know my shit and I know what I'm talking about. But at the same time, there are certain situations that we get put into that might be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying anybody's doing anything that's like overtly wrong, but there's just, how do I describe it? There's just this thing that could make you feel uncomfortable as a female that if a male were in the same position, they they just don't experience that. Yeah. And so, but I understand where you're coming from because this thin line for me is like, I'm never going to complain. But maybe there is a story that I can tell that can help somebody else who's younger, who's trying to do what I'm doing. And maybe there's a, a way to carry yourself or like, hey, there's things to look out for. Like if somebody yeah. is, is talking to you like this or if there's, you know, 
this happens, there's a way to go about that situation to make mm-hmm. sure that you come out on the right side. Or yeah. if they're saying this about you, like you said, if people are talking about you being at the games just because you're trying to like hook up with a player, mm-hmm. you got to block those things yeah. out. You know, there's a way to like be strong in it. But yeah. That stuff really turns off, I think, a lot of women to being in this world Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like it gets overwhelming, especially when you're first starting trying to be taken serious and also follow your passion. So I I feel like that kind of, like, discourages a lot of females from getting to the point where, like, you and I are. Yeah. Um, Which is sad. It takes time, though, too, Mm -hmm. because I've even noticed that when I I kind of first started and was getting more visibility... um, people were only talking about more so like what I looked like Mm -hmm. than what I was talking about. Yeah. And like, that was hard for me at times because obviously like I'm flattered if someone wants, you know, to compliment the way that I look, but I would love for you to listen to what I'm saying because I'm actually really proud of like what's coming out of my mouth. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like you did say, there is advantages to it. Like I definitely don't want to feel like I'm complaining about being a female. Yeah. I do stand out. I feel like I could kind of blend in with the crowd easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's been a lot of really cool opportunities, you know, now especially, like, I feel like women are being heard more, and I feel like now is, like, a better time than ever before to stand out and really kind of, like, own, like, what we've been dealing with and doing and, and share our experiences. Like, you having your podcast, you're able to open up another side that Definitely. a lot of people wouldn't even have opportunities to do on their own. So, this kind of stuff is cool, too. So. Definitely. Yeah. We are getting to halftime okay. of the show. I want to dive deeper into what you're doing now and even more into the basketball world. But, since both of us come from a basketball background, I was wondering if you wanted to play a basketball-themed game of Heads Up with me. Okay, that's fine. Cool. Let's do it. All right, people. We're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odd boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet you get with Caesars Rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesars Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards member today, and get more with every wager. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Uh, like really short basketball player that everyone they point f- guard, uh, yeah. W- but when they shooting guard, like an NBA legend, when you talk about like the shortest guy, oh, Mike Zebo. Yes, that's okay. yes, that's Go- it. Down, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, tall player, like MVP status of uh, the Giannis? Nets. The Nets. Uh, the Nets? like you say LeBron or Kevin the- Durant. Yes. Uh, this is when you're bouncing the ball, like like dribbling. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this is the team in the city that we're in right now. Los Angeles Lakers? Yes. <laughs> uh, the beard. James Harden. Yep. Mm, okay, so this is like what you call on the court when the point guard's coming up and he like calls out like, uh, uh run Georgetown. Uh, play? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but it's play-by-play, uh, play play, but I don't oh, even know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tall guy who used to play for the Lakers, he has a brother who also plays named Mark. Oh my, Mark? His brother's name is Mark. He used to play for the Lakers. I don't know where he's at now. Lopez Grizzlies? Brothers? I don't know. Wait, where's, where's Paul Gasol at now? He was like oh, on the group Memphis. <laughs> where's he at now? You should have said like Spanish player, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. When you're not on defense, you're on the, other, on the other side and you like 
push, charge, I don't know. Okay, pass, know. offensive foul. Okay, oh. so this is like the, the last part of the tournament. Uh, the, the last the couple playoffs, games. The, this is what the finals. Yes. Uh, so if you're not on defense, you're on offense. Yeah. Uh, so this is when you hand off and then you run and cut. It's like part of a play when you're like, wow, I feel you, like I don't know. You like hand it off and then cut. Um. <laughs> Give and go, pass. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, this is one I like. I can't. I can't miss. I am. A uh, hot, wet, close, like uh, on like, fire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the movie that LeBron was in, Space it, Jam. Yeah. Uh, used to play for Phoenix, like OG retired NBA player, point guard, thirteen, number uh, coach of the Nets, <laughs> Steve Nash. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like it's getting worse. Shit, now. it's getting worse. I'm nervous. Very good. Seven. Okay, this is a team Steph Curry plays on. Warriors. Yeah. He's just in Space Jam. LeBron. Yes. This is the, what's happening next weekend in Cleveland. NBA All-Star. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this is like when you have the ball and you, get, you have the ball and you like run around them. It's a, it's a play. Uh, just spin move? Pass, pass, okay. pass, pass, pass. Uh, pass that one too. Okay. Oh my gosh, pass. Okay, this is like a commentator. He used to play on the Suns. Big guy. He's like with Shaq, Kenny... Oh, Charles Barkley. Yes. Um, this is Dwayne Johnson. The Rock? Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> funny. Uh, pass, I don't know this one. Oh, let's go, let's go. This is when you you, you get fouled, and then you... And one. Yes. This is when the, the sound the ball makes when it goes Swish. to the... Yes. Um, this... Pass. Oh, no. Uh, this is played on the Miami Heat. We're just retired. Yes. Okay. Do we get it? Do there we get like, it? Do we Louisville get it? Cardinals and stuff on there. That's what? I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of. <laughs> it has to be seven. Four. Yeah. Eight. Eight. Yeah, because you guys. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. I don't know. That was so I good. Was like, so I want to jump back into your personal story a little bit because I know personally you had health issues. I don't know, you can tell your story if okay. you're open to it, yeah. but that you also had to overcome, which I think just makes your story even more interesting and empowering, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, when I was in college, I ended up being diagnosed with a brain tumor. Um, I was, like, the long story short, I was um, in art class one day, and I had this horrible headache, and I'd, like, turn my head, i start blacking out, and I usually don't get headaches, so yeah. I went down to the school doctor and it was during midterm, so most kids don't sleep and stuff. And, right. And so the nurse was like, you're probably fine. And then the doctor came in, and he was like, yeah, it might be lack of sleep, or you might have a brain tumor, so you should go to that. <laughs> yeah, it was just, like, very what? extreme. That's and he's crazy. like, you should just go down to um, the emergency room and get, like, everything scanned and checked out. Right. So I'm freaking out. I tell my dad, uh, we drive down to the hospital together. Even at the hospital, they're kind of making fun of me. Oh, no, a college student with a headache, you know? And right. I was like, I don't know. Like, the doctor said it could be a brain tumor. So um, they ran tests. They did CAT scans. And they ended up finding something. And they were like, your headache had nothing to do with it. It had, like, it just, you had a headache from, like, not sleeping enough. Um, but they found something, and I had to stay for, like, a few days. They ran tests. They knew it wasn't cancerous pretty fast. But they weren't sure 100%. So I got a few uh, more opinions, and it ended up it was a brain tumor, and it was in the balanced part of my brain. So they didn't know how I could, like, walk or function or anything. Wow. 
They also don't. And you were playing basketball too, right? Playing basketball, art it's major. Insane. Yeah. And, and I felt fine. Like I never felt any balance issues in my life. Yeah. And uh, like they just couldn't understand how I was able to walk or anything. So I had to get it removed. I was diagnosed in February. Fast forward to July is when they let me have the surgery because. They're like, you don't want to wait too long. And all I was thinking is I don't want to repeat another year of college. I want to, like, get it done with. So yeah. um, I waited till the summer. They had to shave the whole back of my head. Um, they did the surgery. It took maybe, like, five or six hours. It took way longer than they thought. But once they removed it, since they were, like, poking around that part of my brain, I had, like, the worst balance issues for probably six months. It was like, wow. imagine standing up and spinning in a circle five times and trying to walk, but all day long. So yeah. um, I was constantly dizzy. And then to this day, like I have like a metal plate on the back of my skull. Like they had stitched me up with like 15 staples. So while it was healing, it was like that process was crazy. But then just like trying to walk again, trying to do it. And then I ended up starting school again in the fall, probably around, like, September. That's really quick. Yeah, it was a few months later. So even with, like, issues, I was still, like, trying to go back to school, finish it. It was my senior year. Yeah. And it just makes you realize how at any second, like, your life can change. And yeah. you don't really have control of what's going to happen. And so when stuff like that happens, um, especially when it happened to me, I just realized, like, God has a bigger purpose for me. And I had kind of been coasting through life at that point. And I was like, what's my bigger purpose? Like, how can I make a mark on this earth? Yeah. And that's really when I started getting into photography and taking it more serious. And, you know, it's been, that was 2009, you know, we're in 2022. So it's like all these past years, I could have not been here. But instead, right. I feel like I've made a mark on this earth. So yeah. in a way, like, I'm glad I went through it because it changed my whole perspective. Well, it's crazy, too, because you, you always have to think you had a guardian angel or, I don't, or whatever you believe in yeah. that gave you that headache that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if yeah. they said that wasn't related, that to me just like stands out like, wow, somebody was looking over you or something was looking over you yeah. looking out for you because they knew that you had more... Yeah, because that could have yeah. possibly led to, like, way worse issues down the line. So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did you continue playing basketball after that, or was that kind of the end of your... At, at that also. point, I was more of, like, a casual basketball player. Okay. I wasn't... I had been playing um, at Glendale College. I played for a couple years, and then when I transferred to Cal State Northridge, I didn't want to pursue playing. Mm -hmm. um, so, at that point, I was just playing more, like, recreationally, but um, it didn't, like, derail my career or anything like that. But if I was playing, it would definitely have made a huge impact. That's what I'm saying, because balance is, like, such a big thing. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> On a lighter note, too, I feel like you've had to have this question at some point. Can you go through airport security? Like... Yeah, so it's, like, the, the kind of metal, it's, like, a mesh or okay. something. Because I thought that at first, too, I'm going to have to carry was, a card. Yeah, I was like, wait yeah. a second, you're going to, like, set off the airport security, like, so totally annoying. making light of the situation, but, yeah. like, you're, you're good now. It so hasn't like gone off yet, so we're good, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, what was the first photo that you were like, wow, I can't believe this player posted one of my photos? Um, I feel like it's gone in different stages, so I feel like early in my career... Um, like James Harden had posted my stuff and he was still really young at the time during the lockout, but he posted yeah. on Twitter and made it his like profile picture. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And then fast forward to like years later, I was working with Steph Curry, who's like a huge player at that time. And he was posting it. And then I would say like in more recent years, like up to 2018, when the first time I like really met LeBron, he posted one of my photos. 
That's um, that went super viral during Fashion Week in New York. So I feel like throughout my career, there's been like really cool moments, and it doesn't always have to be like superstar like athletes. I mean, there's been people in the music world, or there's been outlets like when I got published in like Sports Illustrated stuff like that too. So I feel like there's been so many moments of just like people supporting it, and I get excited even when people that I know personally. Yeah. Post my stuff and tag me and all that stuff. So it's not just like superstars. I posted a couple of yours. Yeah, I definitely shot <laughs> you. Yeah, we've had a couple that you've shot of mine where I I was like broadcasting actually one of the high school games. I think you were shooting the game, but then you got some of us. And then when I've like played in little celeb yeah. games here and there, I yeah. feel like we always connect. And then you also text me the pictures. So yeah, <laughs> that makes me happy too. That I get I spend so much time just texting people photos after events. Oh, I'm sure you get, like, blown up after an event. All the time. Because everybody wants pictures. Everybody knows that you take good pictures. So they, like... Yeah. How have you noticed your work and your career kind of adapting and shifting as the landscape of social media, I feel like, has changed so much, uh, you know, since 2011. Of course. (laughs) When you first started. Yeah, I feel like it's always changing. Uh, In the beginning, especially, it was so new. And I feel like people didn't really understand, like, the power you had in social media in the way that, like, people can monetize and make full careers now with just posting, like, from their actual phones, you know? So I feel like in the beginning, it was, like, a very big learning curve trying to understand, like, what Instagram or Twitter, these outlets can actually do for my financial career, Um, doing photography and then over the years then it's like snapchat comes into play and then videos are now on instagram and then like vine and tiktok and i feel like it's always changing and evolving and i feel like most of the photographers i see that can't keep up with social media they get left behind so yeah that's like a big um i would say like issue if you're having a hard time trying to like really dive into it but i've i feel like i force myself to like learn it understand it and I mean, now I'm trying to get into TikTok, which has been, like, a whole new thing. Like, I posted one video last week. I got, like, 7 million views. I'm like, oh, I could see why Did people you really? are, like... Yeah, it was a basketball video That's of Adam crazy. Sandler. Oh, yeah. my gosh. But then, like, the next day I'll post a video, it gets 100 views. So, it's, like, learning, That's TikTok like... for you. So, if you're just getting started, like, that is TikTok's algorithm. So, just, like, brace yourself. <laughs> but it's one of those things, though, like, you, like, did the grind to get where you are in your photography... TikTok is something you'll pick up very quickly, but, yeah. like, it'll just be a grind also. Yeah. And it takes time for people to follow and whatnot. But 7 million, I don't think I've had any videos on TikTok get 7 million. Good. Like, I have, like, a, a million <laughs> hair, like, 2 million hair, whatever, but, so, but it is <laughs> But it is cool to think, like, for example, I had, like, 400 followers on there, and my yeah. video got 7 million. So it's cool to think that even if you don't have, like, a huge following, a fan base... Through social media, like, going viral can really kind of get you, like, on track to open more doors, at least. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think anybody who's just getting started should use that to your advantage. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, you just have to be adaptable. Yeah, don't be discouraged. Yeah. Stick with it. You just got to keep with it. So we are getting to the end of the game. And I have some buzzer beaters for you before I let you go. Okay. All right. So first up. Describe your ideal courtside fit. Wow. Um, I mean, usually when I'm courtside, I'm working. So I try to, like, make sure that... I mean, I I like to be very uh, comfortable. So I'll wear some sneakers, preferably, like, Jordans. I love, like, retro Jordans. 
I mean, it might be something similar Some to this. Where, yeah. I'll wear, like, some cool pants and maybe, like, branded t-shirt with my name on it, something yeah. like that. So this might be, like, a typical fit I would wear to a game. I love the branding, by the way. I feel like if people have never even seen you or seen your face, they know the name. They know the watermark. They yeah. know Cassie Athena. And then they see you on the sideline wearing your shirt or your necklace <laughs> or whatever. They're like, oh, like you're the face behind the photos. So. Yeah. So, next question. What is your ideal courtside drink and food combo? Um, wow. I feel like I never eat at games, but there's a few games where I'm just, like, relaxing. <laughs> You're like, I'm just so working. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like when I'd go to games with one of my girlfriends out here, she'd love to order um, chicken tenders, fries, and, like, the red Twizzlers. And, okay. And then also we'd get, like, a, a drink, like a mixed drink of like soda water with vodka and some lime or something okay. like that. So I'd say that's my go-to if I'm not working. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. What is the best game that you've ever been courtside for? Um, there's probably a, a lot. I would say one that stands out to me is I got to go down to Miami and watch a few games when it was Dwayne Wade's last season. Oh, cool. And there was two games that they had, like, lost. It was blowouts. And I was like, okay, there's one game left. They're playing the Warriors. I feel like they're not going to win. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, that's when Dwayne Wade hit the game-winning buzzer beater shot. And, like, he's running around screaming. Oh, and we're dope. all excited. And I was sitting there trying to stay still and take photos of the moment, though. So I couldn't, like, really celebrate, but I was, like, being in the moment. That was, like, a pretty cool experience. How did those photos turn out? Amazing. Yeah. Like, it was, like, really cool. But I had to stay still, so that was the hard part. And my last question, what event in history would you have loved to have been courtside for? In history? Could be sporting, could be just any event. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Like, I feel like there's so many cool events that have happened. If on the topic of sports, I would say like, I think it would have been cool to see, you know, like uh, Kobe Bryant when he did his 81, something like yeah. that. Like some kind of like really epic moment that stands out. So. Yeah, that'd be yes. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Before I let you go, let everybody know where they could find you and anything to look out for. That yeah. You're coming up. My my social, my Instagram is Cassie Athena Photo. Uh, my personal page, Cassie Athena. Everything else, Cassie Athena. Um, stuff I have coming up, you just have to tune in and see. <laughs> so. She'll be courtside, you guys. Just wait for it. Yeah. So thank you so much again. Thanks. For all you guys watching at home, make sure that you subscribe, like, and I'll see you guys next time. What's up, guys? It's Rachel Demita. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode of Courtside Club. Make sure that you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcast. We have new episodes coming to you guys every single week, so stay tuned for that, and I'll see you soon.